Music continued playing when he shut off the engine. She backed away from her trunk and again inspected the front of her shirt. One button hung by a thread. She yanked it and tucked it in her pocket. Get a good look at him in case you have to give the police a description. He repositioned his cap visor toward the back. Hazel eyes flashed as he tucked a lock of dark, chin-length hair behind his ear. His straight nose looked as red as her thighs, and his square jaw rough as sand. He appeared as sun-weary and disheveled as she did. It looks like you have everything under control, he said. But why ruin your shirt? Let me just give you a hand. Just remember all men are pigs, her father had told her. Like the warnings that stoves are hot. There was truth to it, but she had yet to test the extent to which it applied. Just the same, she did not intend to do any testing in an all-but-abandoned parking lot. And she had little hope of employing her other dad's warning, often accompanied by a wink. Whatever you do, don't flash those dimples. As if she had any control over the way they graced her cheeks, even when she spoke. She sized him up, a little taller than her, maybe 5'10". But if she caught him off guard, she could implement a few practice maneuvers and disarm him at least bring him to his knees. After that, with a build like his, taking to flight would be her best bet. She felt more than confident of her ability to outrun him. Rather than sidle past, she provided him ample room and positioned herself strategically behind his car, noted his license number, and watched. She had been around far more men than women in her 17 years, and so she rarely paid particular attention to one man as being more handsome than another, though most had at least one appealing characteristic, if only a sweet singing voice. But the man changing her tire seemed a compilation of all the best features she had ever seen. He lifted her tire without effort as she scanned his car's interior. On the back seat, a small styrofoam ice chest lay atop worn upholstery. Beside it, a camera and long lens pushed back the flap of a professional-looking carrying case. No trash, but a carpenter's tape measure and several cassettes cluttered the dashboard, and a few shavings and Miss Sawdust were visible through the hatchback. A pair of miniature sneakers hung from the rearview mirror. Harmless stuff, nothing alarming. Are you visiting or just moved? He snagged her attention. What? His jaw tipped toward the rear window. Your dump permit. It hasn't expired. Layla cringed. Ridiculous oversight. He spun the tire iron. We don't have dump decals around here. You must be from upstate or out of state. What, nobody likes dump picking on Long Island? Well, I'm sure there's some pretty good pickings out in the Hamptons. Nicer beaches, too. But then I would have to wonder what you're doing here. His playful grin twisted to a wince as his arm bulged with exertion over a stubborn nut. He looked back at her, waiting for a response. She folded her arms her usual stance. I moved to the island a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, where from? It seemed a harmless enough question. New Hampshire. You don't sound like you're from New Hampshire. He winked, mimicking the distinct intonation of the state's natives. A wash of optimism eroded a layer of caution. You know New Hampshire? Some. I went to school in Hanover for a little while. Dartmouth? Yeah, but just for a semester. What did you study? The flat tire hit the ground. Nothing I wanted to commit to. If he were trying to impress her, he ought not mention that he had dropped out of such a prestigious institution.
In fact, the way he went about changing her tire without any puffed-up posturing, even the way he wore a loose-fitting t-shirt when something skin-tight would better show off his physique, argued against arrogance, self-absorption, or any intent to impress her. His whole demeanor bespoke modesty and a defiance of her father's warning. All the more reason to keep her guard up. He rolled and lifted the spare into place and seemed content for a minute. She doubted that would end his conversational efforts. Once he had the nuts back in place and tightened, he cast her a curious glance. Was he hoping she might take a little initiative? Layla tucked a wayward strand of chestnut hair back into her long braid and held her reticent ground. She could have come up with something clever to say, but she didn't want to encourage him. He smiled and nodded, as if granting whatever made her comfortable. She doubted he would leave it at that. He did not disappoint. So why did you move from beautiful New Hampshire to this rat race? She shrugged. That is a big question. Why does anyone move from paradise to, well, whatever you want to call Long Island? He paused as if giving her response weighty consideration. Family, job, or lack of options, he said, flashing a glance that penetrated, even in its brevity. So which was it? He stood leaning the tire iron against the flat. Lack of options. What about you? Same thing. Then I guess we both come by the blues honestly. Well, honestly, the blues are all I've ever known. You're too young for that. I wish that were true. She unfolded her arms and reached for the tire iron. He didn't push the issue. He simply deposited the flat and jack in the trunk. Got a rag? He asked. Oh, yeah, sorry, she said, joining him. Here. He wiped his hands and replaced the rag. There's some really great jazz and blues clubs in the area. Have you ever been to any of them? She smiled at the memories he evoked. Not recently.